and it got uh, pretty loose pretty quick. Today we're joined by truly esteemed company, none other than Cheetah Digital's very own Luke Harris, our Senior Director of Client Success. Luke will be talking to us about having agility in your business, a quality that can help brands deal with things like COVID-19. Firstly, thanks, thanks for having me along. I think it's a really important point that you raised. One of the things that we're certainly seeing now is businesses that have built into their DNA, into their organizational structure, into their brand ethos, the ability to be agile, to make decisions based upon real data right now and insights that they're getting from consumers are the ones that we're seeing um, deal with the, the current kind of extraordinary climate that we're in the best. But also, I'd like to extend the conversation outside of just where we are right now today, because there is also an opportunity to, to look back at some things that have been done really well in the past and, and again will be um, ethoses and approaches that, that people can take in the future. Um, because I think that there will become a time where we are post-COVID, it, it might take seem a long way away right now, um, but there are changes that people can make now that can definitely make an impact. And, and we've seen just in the last couple of weeks, decisions being made with many of our clients, which have been in the planning for a long time. And because of that planning, they've been able mm -hmm. to build that into, uh, their execution in, in such a way that it still feels authentic, it still feels like something that is true to their brand ethos. If we could look back, what were some of the things or how were some of the brands that you work with dealing with um, organisational structures that supported agility or some of the philosophies they were implementing? When you, when you look at what marketers are, are, are dealing with, those that have built in technology partners that enable them to work in a way that it most reflects the scenario that they're in right now is definitely um, a way to focus. Um, so take an example of Impossible Foods. So they're the, the, uh, the plant-based meat company. They had been putting in place uh, plans and infrastructure to help support uh, the delivery of their products into grocery stores. Um, and they'd, they'd isolated a number of hubs um, that they were going to be working with and they plan to launch that later on in the year. Now through the partners that they, they've been working with, they've been able to accelerate some of that into hard to reach or areas where high protein meals to key workers is really, really important. And they've used that opportunity of the technology that they are testing in their beta phase to deliver to those most at need. Just a really, really simple example of planning that was happening beforehand, of technology that was there to help support that execution and being able to pivot, mm -hmm. uh, be able to deliver that in, in a time like we've, we've got today. Pivot! 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 Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! This was a, an example of a brand who took the decision to get data in, make some informed decisions off that based on the market. And because they had a lot of data points, which were relevant to their business, they actually could then apply that to a sudden landscape that shifted, but it still fit with how they had to deliver or to push out their product. 
Yeah, absolutely. And we'll come on to this in, 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 in our conversation, I'm sure. But it's, it's the, the brands that understand their customers the most that have been able to weather a really challenging environment. And by understand their customers, I'm really talking about knowing how you, Julian, and you, Kayla, and, and I, Luke, differ, not just in our demographic, not just in a broad set of aggregated data, but specifically in the preferences that I've declared or the insights that I've given to those brands. It's those businesses that understand that level of detail that have been able to, to come out of uh, what is a very challenging situation um, for sure. And another example, um, talking about a, a business that has looked at its technology proposition um, and a, a, a client of ours is, is Shell, regional business uh, that's, that's dealing with lots of changing uh, times uh, in, in what they do. So traditionally uh, petrol or, or gas for our American listeners but they, they've been, been looking at technology over a digital transformation over the last kind of five years. And, and we've been yeah. working with them for a couple of years. And something, because they had that technical infrastructure built in um, right at the beginning of the, uh, the, the COVID crisis here in the, in the UK, they identified a real challenge where uh, food wasn't getting to key workers. So they partnered with ourselves a wholesale food company that used to be serving restaurants that were no longer open um, and Stripe, the payment provider, to integrate a solution that enabled key workers to log onto a platform that was hosted by Cheat Digital and request certain uh, food delivery packs that they could then go and collect from their closest forecourts. And that was something from inception, first idea to execution and delivery that you were looking at 10 days. And that is because they'd invested in the infrastructure mm -hmm. to understand their audience and have the partners in place with the right service level agreements to make that delivery happen in such a quick amount of time. That's such a good, good example, Luke. Actually, just a, a nice wholesome one to hear as well. It's testament to, yeah, building, building things off of, of, of real data. I have a great America-US story. Because we mentioned gasoline or, or petrol and Luke once when I was dr driving around I got a hire car and I asked I asked this person well I got to the thing and I was like I don't know where to put my nozzle for one but then I found the hole the second one was what do I put in it and there was like there was you know in England we've got unleaded and the red one <laughs> four star I don't think we have four star anymore point is there were some options then I then I panicked in my hire car because I didn't want to fill up the wrong wrong type because then your car breaks down and then i called a lovely lady on the phone she just just put gas in it honey so turns out if you're in america don't worry about it it's all the same it's different <laughs> price points i i see it's all gas right section two yeah we gotta move so on. how have the brands that you feel or have seen doing it successfully built off a vision and something that they stand for i think this honestly is at the core of where we've seen execution be at its best. And it's brands that have a clear, defined, declared vision and strategy. Um, and we'll all have our, our, our favorite brands out there and it's the ethos that we buy into, it's the way that they treat us as a, as a customer, we feel like we're investing in somebody who uh, kind of mirrors our values 
and that's different for everybody and so we could run through a list as as long as as all of our arms as to brands that embody that but you can look at loads of examples over the past six eight weeks whether it be IKEA who understand who they are and uh, I know we as a business have paid close attention to what Barbara Martin Coppola their chief data and privacy officer did around their data promise but the IKEA foundation they're getting um, campaigns out to those most at needs you look at uh, businesses like Unilever who have sustainability at their core in everything that they do and all of those things even in in a crisis are absolutely reflected and are echoed in the way that consumers are reacting to to those brands and actually there was some some y pulse uh research and, and they're an organization that, that focuses on researching consumer behavior in in europe for especially gen x and millennials but they talk about the the rewarding of authenticity um by uh, consumers and all of us here will have received those emails a special message from our ceo the first week after um the covid crisis hit and we will all know personally the ones that resonated with us because that wasn't the first time we were hearing from the ceo or it wasn't a brand tone that felt very very alien to us and it's that authenticity and that's comfort in familiarity that is really really important and i think i know we're talking about agility today but to first understand your brand strategy and your brand ethos then enables you to have those guide rails and that framework to enable you to go on and be agile. And what is perceived as making quick decisions is actually built into the planning that has gone on for a long time to facilitate those, um, those reactionary mm -hmm. decisions that could be made. So fundamentally know what you stand for. So you have that going through your dna and make sure you know your audience through data and insight and having people who can look at that with those things in place that's when you're in a position that you can build off those with informed decisions and informed strategies hilton who have been kind of really really affected by everything that is that is yeah. going on but because they uh, have done that planning and they've got the systems from a a messaging and from a loyalty perspective in place they were all able to make really really quick decisions for example they 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 paused the expiration of all their loyalty points um, and extended that right through to the end of the year so immediately their customers are rewarded for the loyalty that they've got they've got the systems in place that enable them to do that and they can make sure that they are delivering that service to their customers even when they're not staying with them even when they can't go to one of their locations and stay in one of their hotels they've got that set up they understand where the value is in their relationship with their customers and are making sure that they are using their technology providers of which cheetah digital is, is one of those to make sure they're delivering that value to their consumers even at the most difficult times what are the key pieces that companies should be looking at when they look finally get these steps down you know now you have to set up your team you have to make sure that you're covering all pieces of the life cycle for the customer, right? And how is the best way for organizations to start setting their teams up at that level to be able to pivot so easily? Yeah, I think that's a really important question. It's it's clear definition of purpose. It's it's making sure that there's agenda to, to meetings and there's outputs and it's defined by 
the people that are going to be delivering those outputs and and some of this stuff is is just the basics a couple of other uh, kind of guidance points that i think is relevant for us to talk about one is clear separation and delegation of responsibility um, unfortunately what we see sometimes is where you have gray areas within marketing organizations where no one's quite sure who's picking up what and i think over communicating in a scenario like this where it's really really clear who needs to deliver certain aspects are really really important i've heard of a couple of scenarios where teams are having just 10 minute stand-ups at the beginning of the day to run through joint priorities and being able to deliver that stuff um, in an order that makes sense for the wider project that is happening and i think some of this stuff absolutely is about technology and, and i'll come on to talk about that but some of this is is just the basics of communication be clear in the purpose that you've got as a brand be clear in the organizational structure that you have across the whole business and then when specifically when we're talking about marketing be clear in roles and responsibilities, taking almost a, a project management view uh, from a delivery perspective, that's really important. But also then making sure um, you're really clear with your partners and that you work with outside of your business. So we build long-term relationships in what we do today. Um, and so we know that we've got a clear guidance of I'm not talking contractual SLAs here. I'm talking about very human agreements that we've made with key stakeholders, with departments that we work, where we know absolutely when that phone call comes, when that request comes in, we know the brand guidelines that we've got to work to. We know the tone of voice that we should be using. Um, when it comes to campaign management and the, the vast volume of, of emails that, have, that are being sent out using Cheetah messaging, we've got really clear, defined, guidelines that we're going to uh, meet which means we don't have to use up time talking about those things in the in motion discovery it's really talking about content and execution plan as opposed to some of those basics it's that knowledge of a business that's what makes the difference when it comes to tying the technology with all the things that they're trying to achieve and it shouldn't be underestimated that because obviously you may have seen it all three of us have seen it there is a sometimes there is a feeling you buy a technology you buy a shiny piece of kit because it's going to be the, the the magic bullet that solves a problem and often the times it's not succeeded is because either a lack of understanding or a lack of true insight into how to make it work either on on the brand side or on the the vendor side if you think about it really the digital transformation is as much people transformation as it is the technology. And a, a really, really good example um, is what are the benchmarks here? What should we be aiming for? What is the new normal of what success looks like in, in this environment? But also just what are some of the expectations that we should be setting internally of the systems that we're using, of the performance that we expect from campaigns? Um, and just having a technology system so take messaging as an example, just having a technology system that can deliver uh, the messages that you want to send is really important. But I, I, I'm gonna pay homage to our um, marketing consultancy colleagues here at Cheetah Digital, who are able to pull out some benchmark reporting after just a couple of weeks worth of data and point to the fact that open rates and click-through rates on email have been increasing over the last six weeks two three and four percent and in some industries as high as six percent 
in a way that they haven't been doing over the last four or five years. And what that insight helps provide marketing teams with is the confidence to go, if we're looking at the channel that becomes most effective for us as a business at this time, a, a four, five, six percent uplift in performance by just doing the plan that we've got and executing it in the right way is absolutely vital in scenarios like this. And it gives people the confidence that it's not just the technology, but it's the strategic advice around that that is so important. Mm -hmm. At the heart of it, though, I guess you've, you're really sort of hammering home on, on the communication being so important, both internally and externally, setting up those regular meetings and just the small touch bases and having like the, the right person, yeah, almost project managing it from different teams. What are some of the communication strategies or how do you see the role of communication in, in all this? A personal want, honesty. Let's be frank, nobody is an expert on, on any of this. Like in, in our lifetime, we've not had a scenario uh, that even comes close to the global impact of, of COVID-19. So I think I've seen um, certain people claiming to be experts already. Um, and I just don't think people buy it. So honesty internally um, and going, look, I, I, I don't know the answer to that right now, but I'm going to find out, or this is our plan for the moment, but it might change. I think honesty internally is very, very important. I encourage uh, the teams that I work with internally to make sure that's what we're doing at heart of what we're doing. Um, but also when we speak with with our, our clients, I know they value our, our honesty um, and that opens up that open dialogue. But also with, with consumers, when you've seen scenarios where brands appear to, appearing to be disingenuous, um, when you're seeing scenarios where brands appear to be taking advantage of this scenario, the backlash is quick um, and it's pretty um, heavy. Um, and I think the, the honesty to, to look at some of that stuff is, is important. Like if we're talking more practically in, in what I think we can do right now with, with a lot of customers, it's addressing people's principal concerns. Now that will be different by sector. Um, it might be in the, in the travel sector. It's what do I do if I need to change a booking? And it's being really clear on what your customers' principal concerns are in, in retail, it might be around delivery times or whether e-commerce is an option in the future if it's not right now. You're, you look at CPG or FMCG businesses, for them it might be stock volumes or people might be really, really questioning whether they're able to support exercises to get produce to those most in need. Understanding your consumers, and I'm going back to a point we've made a couple of times, understanding your consumers means that you can make these decisions to address their principal concerns. So the more you know about consumers, the more data points you've collected, if you've stored them all into a system that enables you to make the decisions in the right way, you can then tailor your message, you can tailor your decision making, and it addresses those principal concerns to mean you don't miss the mark. For anyone who isn't just on that point there of bringing in information, now is the time more than any to set up simple quick ways of getting information and, and starting to ask talking to your customers in a two-way manner it could just be as simple as sending out a quick form or a survey out there um, but this is the moment when you have a, a captured audience who who trust the brands that they'll be the, the ones they'll be interested in responding to 
and this is the moment where you should take the time to try to glean a bit of information from them because they they want to be asked and rather than inactivity or, or uh, sort of fear i guess of of doing something it should be the opposite of taking this moment and, and being proactive and, and learning more one thing to to add is uh I'm, there'll be lots of people listening to this that will go well look i, I don't know how to even think about collecting that data at, at scale um and so one of the th observations that, that we've been able to make is in the, the sports and entertainment sphere in in general what we have seen is because people are striving to engage with content from uh sports teams that they are passionate about or film franchises that they that they absolutely love because they've got a little bit more time on their hands because their phones their laptops their tablets the computers are the things that they are spending more time looking at than, than ever there is a little bit more time there to interact with with those teams those brands um, and actually what we're seeing is is an increase in the the amount of information that uh, consumers are willing to give up to brands that have shown an authentic interest in them um, and we've seen an increase of uh, kind of 30 35 percent of the amount of, of data that is able to be requested on forms, quizzes, campaigns like that through the experiences that we run without any drop off uh, in conversion rate and actually in some scenarios an increase in conversion rate based upon that. So there is an opportunity here that if in the past people have done A-B testing with the amount of data they can ask from consumers, there's still an opportunity to, to do that right now assuming that you're following some of the other principles that we've talked about today, that you are being authentic, that you are making sure that you're communicating and uh, addressing people's principles con concerns. If you're doing all of that stuff, then getting the data is, is also important. And, and one other thing, and I, I had a conversation today with a, a well-known uh, drinks and, and, and beverage manufacturer, that one of the things that, that they um, were highlighting, they are still trialing new data profiles they are still trialing how this can inform their decision making in the future and when people feel they are able to 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 have the time to do that and i appreciate that some people are still in crisis mode and some people are still in protecting uh the the core of their business but when there is a moment and for for this business that moment came 10 days after what they thought was really the trough of what they were dealing with that they're able to start thinking about what are the key data points that we wish we'd known eight weeks ago and i think in a, in a really positive uh note there is definitely scenarios here where i think more than anything covid19 will focus marketers and focus brands on what is most important to them and some of the ancillary noise that we all get caught up in will to kind of disappear or, or, or be ignored to enable people to really focus on how they communicate with their consumers where they don't know really important bits of information um, what they can get a really interesting anecdote today spoke to a, a UK retailer beginning of the year they decided they were going to start talking to people about their families and understanding through some experiences that they were running number of children people had how far away from their parents they lived what seemed like irreverent stuff but what you realize now is 
they know from their consumers who's got young children. So in some of the emails that they're sending out, they're including little colouring books that can be printed off for the children to, to, to take part mm -hmm. in. They know where people have got parents that live, I think they've said it, at more than 100 miles away. And so what they're doing in that scenario is they're creating a list of partners that they have got that are all over the country that can, can be local communication partners when people have got parents who might be elderly who live a long way away. So people don't often think about the, the long stream, the long tail benefits. Kind of the theme over the past few minutes has been you're having conversations with and who you're talking to and how you're kind of gathering all of these insights. What do you recommend for leaders who want to look outside of their business and continue like hearing about these things and getting to see how other businesses are setting up their agile frameworks? Yeah, I think um, I'm a, a big fan on, on, on kind of reading around the subject that you work in and, and looking at what similar businesses to yourself are, are doing. And, and there's no better time to do that than, than right now. As, as marketers, there's, there's also some of the, like, there's really some, some key publications, some key organisations that, that I found really useful. And, and I can't speak for everybody, but certainly things that I found really useful. I mean, uh, AdAge have got a brilliant tracker on their website, um, uh, which is around how brands are reacting how to, to, to COVID. Um, they're talking about what they're doing in the community. There's also some like relief um, and just highlighting some of the, the great initiatives and, and the joy that can still be sparked by some of these campaigns. So going to a publication like that has been really, really helpful just to keep abreast of what is a constantly changing um, scenario. I've been blown away by, by e-consultancy's output over the last six, six weeks. I read their content anyway, but, um, and, and also McKinsey and company have been putting out a load of reports, which is data that's right in, in the COVID crisis, which has been really useful. And I think going to have built the kind of the habits to, to go to those publications, to, to, to read about the stuff as I've found personally really, really useful. Um, as people look to, how they can perhaps take positives where there are positives from from something like this i would really encourage people to to make a record of the challenges that they've faced during covid i think more than anything it uh, kind of emphasizes or magnifies challenges that are already in our business um it magnifies where we've got a problem around the line of sight that we can have on the data that we've got or it magnifies perhaps relationships that we've got with partners that are perhaps not functioning in the way that, that we would look. And uh, if, if leaders are wanting to think about some of the, the areas that perhaps this can be a learning experience once we move past the, the crisis phase that we're in, it's making sure you make a note, even if it's just, I have a notebook that at the back of my notebook, I'm making uh, points of longer term uh, focus that I need to have. And just making a record of, I couldn't get that report or that view of the customer that, that I needed. Or actually, I realized that we've got an incredibly loyal customer base and we don't reward them in any way. And so perhaps a loyalty program is something that I want to look at in the future. Thanks, Chris. And here's the latest on bobsleighing. This is the course for the bobsleigh. 
It's uh, not like Alton Towers, I've got to say. Imagine going on a big dip and then multiplying that by 10 or 20. Ironic, really, to think I had uh, Bob Slay in my class at school. A boy who had no interest in the sport whatsoever. This course actually reminds me of when I was tobogganing at the age of 16. I hit something and fell off. I was concussed. Hit a cat. No cats here, of course. The groundsmen are quite strict about not letting cats onto this course. 